three, two, one. Well, welcome everyone to our last episode of season two of Take a Break. We have had such a wonderful journey bringing in guests, having our solo episodes, and just having you be a part of this community. It really has been incredible, hasn't it, Caroline? Oh, absolutely. You know, for those of you who are new to us this season, or even in the past couple of episodes, our first season was just Lennis and I, and we did a lot of teaching. And while we were learning a lot from one another at that time, and certainly as we were seeking to know more about each of those topics, uh, we continued to learn this season has been such a joy because we get to bear witness to the expertise of all of these different women uh, who are working to advance change in our field. And that's been really, really exciting to be witness to. Yeah, as we were gearing up for this episode, one of the things that um, Caroline and I wanted to bring to your attention is that we're also under learning seat with you as we hear these conversations, as we hear these women share their journeys and their experiences and their biggest takeaways. Um, and to me, it was important to also share what was some of our biggest takeaways from interviewing these women and from having these conversations and these exchanges. So I think we can alternate, right? I, I would like to share one or two and then Caroline, you can share as well. But uh, the one that comes top of mind is something that I have been constantly working on for, I think, five to seven years, which is authenticity. Many women that we interview spoke about authenticity, especially in the space of STEM. Uh, being surrounded by men, it is easy to try to fit in. And how do you break from that mold? And how do you go into showing up as your most authentic self? And to me, you know, I rely on, and I know, Caroline, you're also a uh, personality quizzes, personality test junkie. Try to really understand what are some of the natural things that come from my personality so I can shine a light on those and hope that that's how my most authentic self continues to grow and continues to be comfortable and continues to show up. Absolutely. And I think we're at such a, an exciting time in our society where we're starting to better understand the importance of authenticity and what it does in terms of the performance of teams. Uh, earlier this week, you and I were having a, a conversation unrelated to take a break. And you mentioned uh, that you had heard the term rather than psychological safety, psychological bravery in mm -hmm. teams. And I think authenticity and fostering an environment where everyone is able to be their authentic self is what really builds towards that very goal. Yeah, and I think it really goes aligned with the efforts of, um, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusivity. And to really bring that to the forefront, each individual has to be a key player. It's not just an organization's job to try to bring it in, but it's also your job to really hone into that um, different way of thinking into your own unique experiences because each one of us has had uh you know a unique set of 
experiences, belief systems, conditioning, that it's going to help us really bring the different perspectives and grow uh, how organizations work, how teams work. And I love that you bring the, the psychologically brave spaces because to me, that really spoke to my soul. It was when something hits you and it's like, oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, it's, it's just an incredible perspective to take as we continue to bring more inclusive, more authentic teams. Yeah, and I want to get a little geeky here for a moment. You know, we all feel unique or we all feel maybe a little bit different in our organizations. And when we're in an environment in which that is not necessarily supported, where we don't feel as though uh, we can be that, that different part of ourselves, that's stressful, right? That's putting on a, a mask, so to speak. And that literally has a, a stress response in our body in which the parts of our brain that are responsible for doing great work get deactivated and our amygdala takes over. And so we're doing, you know, that very uh, basic uh, stress response as we're going through our daily basis because we're feeling that, uh, that the safety, the belonging is at risk if we're going to be different. Whereas if we exist in an environment that is fostering uh, that inclusion, that diversity, uh, and that equity, then we get to leverage that uniqueness, that which makes us different. And the prefrontal cortex is now activated, right? The, the amygdala has been deactivated. The prefrontal cortex is activated. And then we get to speak to the diverse perspectives that we hold that enable us to recognize problems sooner whether they're quality related or safety related, we get to be more creative with the solutions that we design for our customers because we're bringing in this plethora of different experiences and uh, perspectives that allow us to really span 360 degrees around a problem and work on it. And that's exciting. Yeah, I love, Caroline, how you bring right this side of understanding the body's response, um, taking it beyond the mind, taking it beyond just the thought of, I'm just going to show up authentically. But then what happens when your team doesn't support you, right? What happens when you don't feel that you can really show up at 100%? Then as you said, there is a body response that I've been so guilty of ignoring many, many times and many, many years. And it is uh, one of the leading causes to uh, people getting to the burnout stage. So thank you for, yeah. for bringing that up. It, it's really important. So what is one thing that you feel this season really brought up to your attention? One of your favorite takeaways? Well, it's kind of related to that topic in systems of support. Right. Mm -hmm. How do we have systems of support? And, and we talked about this frequently throughout um, this season, whether that was in terms of mentorships that were available to us within our workplace or even within professional organizations, leaning into allies who uh, speak on our behalf in the advancement of our career, leaning into our community for support and accountability, that really there are going to be times where we feel like we're the only, we feel like we're on an island. 
And that's where we have to have that strength of community and that strength of support to, to stay the course, right? When we talk about what do we need to do to retain more women and, and STEM, uh, more female engineers, the systems of support have to be there. And I think this really landed with me this season because I had two very different experiences in the corporate world. The first company I went to work for, walked in the door, there were mentorships available, there was professional development opportunities available. That company had very active ERGs or affinity groups. Uh, I know many organizations use different acronyms for those, but there were ways to get plugged in and feel supported. And then I worked for another very large organization that said that they had all of those things, but they weren't accessible at my location. Hmm. So there was no engagement with affinity groups. There was no access to mentorships. And believe me, those cultures were very, very different. And as a result, the performance of those sites also very, very different. So hmm. I've been able to witness what is possible when you have these systems in place that provide that, that aspect of belonging that is crucial for the workplace today. Yeah, I, I love that you have personal experience with that contrast because when, you know, when I hear the advice and when I hear you mention finding the mentors, finding the allies, from my experience, because I work for small organizations, that I felt wasn't applicable. And that is one of the biggest takeaways for me as well from this season is to think outside the box and not just stay within that organization, but you have classmates, you know, that work for other companies. You have friends as you move from organization to organization that maybe they also moved on and went somewhere else. Just asking them about their own experiences, asking them to introduce you to someone that could be that external ally, um, because you never know what these connections can lead to. Uh, but Again, it's like you really have to allow yourself to think outside the box. And that was something that I will, I was very guilty of having a very narrow vision when I was working at the different organizations of this is, this is all there is, um, kind of like a bit of a fixed mindset from my end, because it is also scary to think about stepping outside the box, talking to people outside. Are they going to think that I'm looking for another job, but I really like this job? You know, it's all these um, inner questions that come up that, you know, it's, it's created in the mind. And ultimately what you're looking for is having, building those systems of support, uh, but maybe from a different perspective, because your environment doesn't allow you to have it exactly as, quote unquote, you will expect from bigger organizations, which are the ones that often talk about um, ERGs, affinity groups and employee resource group. I mean, I've worked for the last two companies that I work for. One of them was 60 people. There's no ERGs, there's no affinity groups, there's no like, there's, there wasn't that thinking, it was just you wear multiple hats, you do different things, and you kind of go with the flow of how everybody works. And I think for me, I enjoy the job, but it would have been so helpful 
to also think outside the box and having that support system outside of that organization that could have led me to not only help myself, but help how that organization operated as well. Yeah. One of the things that I have really enjoyed about social media, which that is a, a whole other topic that we could <laughs> dedicate a lot of time to. But I have very purposefully created my LinkedIn to be all of these women working in engineering and STEM. Mm-hmm. And so I get to go into this space. And I mean, I have plenty of connections that don't fall into that category. But I get to go into the space and I get to see this female engineer getting promoted. I get to see this scientist posting about uh, her new research that's being released. I get to see all of these updates of uh, success and excitement, new jobs, you know, promotions, the all, the whole gamut of women who I identify with, mm-hmm. non-binary people that I, I get to celebrate, right? And And everyone else in that community, that can be a system of support and community as well. So many of us are intimidated by the concept of networking and we think of it as being, you know, that old school form where we walk into a room and we're trying to collect as many business cards as possible. But we have this opportunity, like literally right at our fingertips to connect with other women and to create that web, that structure of support and just say, hey, I'd love to hop on a 15 minute call with you and learn a little bit about your career and what you have found on your path towards success. You'll be surprised at the number of times people are like, yes, I'd be happy to do that with you, you know, and and just to exist in community with one another can be a very powerful thing, but you have to think outside the box. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I love that um, having curated (laughs) in a way your, your LinkedIn or your social media or your connections to inspire you. I think that is also along the theme of how do we use the tools so they better serve us and they support us um, in a way that makes us feel good when we leave versus making us feel down. So, but as you said, this is a whole different route that we can get into. <laughs> so what will be um, another thing that you kind of felt excited to hear and, and, and took away from our guests during this season? Well, you know that I am all about energy. I mean, my business name is literally MC Squared. It's Milton Coaching Collective. I'm all about creating that energy, sustaining that energy. So I was so thrilled to hear that come up time and time again throughout our season. Whether we were talking directly with individuals who work in the health and wellness field, or even if we were talking to CEOs of large organizations, we kept coming back to that. And I think that's such an important conversation for us to be having and to continue to have. Because oftentimes, the the people listening to our podcast are in caregiving roles, right? Either they're caring for parents, they're caring for children, they're caring for members of their community, but they're often in that caregiving role. And it's easy to feel as though we are in a lack state, right? Where we don't Mm -hmm. have enough energy, uh, where we're constantly, I love the analogy that you use of swimming in the ocean and the waves are crashing over your head and you just have the straw to breathe through. Like I I think about that all the time, Lennis, and it's such a good illustration. Um, 
knowing what we need to do to be strategic, to really invest in our energy, to use boundaries in effective ways so that we can experience that fulfillment. I, I was really, really pleased that we heard that time and time again. Yeah. We, <laughs> it's like you, you mentioned that picture and it really brings me emotionally, mentally and physically back to that, that, that stage because it, it really um, triggers my stress response to think about those times. And what I, what I um, kind of thinking back and self-reflect about it is that we are so quick to jump at strategics to make our work more efficient our productivity, uh, you know, how do we manage our productivity? How do we manage our focus? How do we manage our outcomes? And yet we kind of forget that the first person that we need to manage the energy for is ourselves. So um, I, I love that is, that was a common theme in a lot of these conversations. And I just said, it wasn't just from the individuals who we're working specifically to support others in their well-being journey, but it was coming from individuals who are in the trenches, who are running businesses, who um, you know are in charge of a lot of different responsibilities, and they are they they come to that recognition and realization that I need to try to be at my best so then I can serve from a place of, of a full cup versus, as you said, many times we operate mm -hmm. from, from lag. And, and I think, I really hope that many of our audience members do also take that away with them from this season. Yeah, you know, coming from our background, we do things like root cause analysis. We do things like continuous improvement, right? Where we're constantly trying to find the, the efficiency the unlocking of the efficiency. But I can attest, there have been so many times where uh, a, a CI improvement was made to a production line, for example, and mm -hmm. everyone was excited about it. And then a major catastrophe, a major breakdown occurs because something, th there was an oversight. Mm -hmm. And that's literally what happened to me as well. I thought yeah. that I had, you know, CI'd my health. I thought that I was somehow um, better than my body, right? That I was mm -hmm. smarter than, uh, than the capacity of my body and it led to breakdown. And so it's not about co continuously improving our bodies. It, it is about the preventative maintenance. It is about ensuring that we're running well mm -hmm. and that we're running as we're designed, right? That we're not trying to cut corners or, or do any of those things that, feel good in the short term but are setting us up for something drastic in the long term which you and I can both speak speak to that yeah yeah it's you know bringing it back to sustainability energy sustainability just like keep that top of mind so one of the things that we really wanted to um kind of share with you as the audience of this uh podcast and you know video cast or show however you want to call it is 
we are excited about season three. So we are closing up season two right now. We are going to take ourselves a little bit of a break to brainstorm, to work together and to come up with some uh, incredible guests that we're already building up our pipeline and list. But we wanted to engage you and we wanted to ask you if you know someone that's doing incredible breakthrough work in STEM or someone that simply just inspire you because of something that they said or something that they did and you would like us to bring them on as guests to share their wisdom, please reach out to us. Um, our contact information is in the show notes. So you'll be able to get in touch with us. You'll be able to email us. Um, you can DM us through LinkedIn. And, you know, we'll love to hear from the women, even allies who are out there, who are supporting this cause. And they're kind of like the unsung heroes, right? Where they're doing the work, they're in the trenches, but many times uh, they don't get the recognition or the exposure. So this is an opportunity to bring them on. I would also say, don't hesitate to raise your own hand. Of course, we love to be nominated uh, or suggested by someone else that feels really good. But if, you, if you're passionate about what we talk about on this show, we want to talk to you. We, mm -hmm. we want to celebrate what it is that you're doing to spark change. Uh, so send us a DM as well or, or reach out to us through the various avenues so that we can chat because we want to continue to lift voices. We want to continue to educate. We want to continue to inspire. Yeah. And that's kind of what the approach that we both have used in our journey is like, hey, I want to talk about this. Let's just pick me, choose me. Um, so yeah, getting courageous. I know it's not always comfortable for women to tune their own horn, but you know, we're inviting you to do it. This is a brave space to share your journey. So we're we're excited about it. Well, as Always, we like to close our episodes with a tip or habit to try this week. So, Caroline, why don't you share something that you would like our audience to try to, you know, take care of themselves, just test it out and see how it goes. Yes. So one thing that I've really been sitting with lately came out of a conversation that I had a while back talking about fear. And talking mm. about brave people and that brave people are fearless. And so that bravery is somehow this counterpoint to fear. And I thought, I, I thought on that topic and I, I thought about that conversation and I, I kind of landed on the fact that those people that we think of as being fearless, in fact, have an abundance of trust. They have mm. trust in their training. They have trust in their community. They have trust in a higher power. They have trust in themselves, right? That there is an abundance of trust, which is what leads to that one foot in front of the other. You think about the, the soldier running into battle. You think about um, the mother flinging herself in front of her child. You know, whatever that image is for you of someone who is fearless the, there's not an absence of fear. There's an abundance of trust, right? And I think when we are talking about sparking change, 
whether it's ourselves individually or within our organization, we have to ask ourselves if we have an abundance of trust. Mm. And so one of the things that I've been doing as, you know, I'm, I'm like many of our viewers, I can tend to beat myself up that I'm stuck in some bad habits from time to time. And I, I'm starting to ask myself, where do I need more trust? What do I mm. fear? Where is that rooted? And where can I identify a way to build my trust in pursuit of that change, in pursuit of that new habit? And so I invite you as the viewers to consider that question as well. What is it that I fear and where is it that I need to build trust? Mm. Oh my goodness, I love that. Trust is one thing I'm definitely building <laughs> little step by step. And I, I'm going to try that. <laughs> I'm going to try that myself. <laughs> well, this week, I would like you to play a little bit about. I'm going to record that again. Okay. <laughs> Three, two, one. Well, this week, I would like you to test your creativity by looking at different perspectives or different stories. And this is coming from us. Uh, a belief that I had set for myself when I was really young, which was, I don't like to read and I'm just very slow at reading, right? And I just constantly told myself that story over and over again. And when I was about to choose what profession I was going to go into and, and my career, and my degree, uh, engineering was like, it's a no brainer. I won't have to read that much. <laughs> it's, it's numbers, it's practical, it's these things. Um, so, you know, and the little bit that I'm going to have to read, it's like technical, so it will be a lot easier. And I realized, you know, a decade or so later that I was telling myself these stories and it came because a friend gave me a book and I devour that book. And it was by Sophie Kinsella. It's a fiction book. And it was just such an easy and fun read. I just kept reading. And then I noticed that I did the same with the Hunger Games trilogy. I was just devouring those books. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. Didn't I think of myself as someone that wasn't a uh, that didn't like to read, that didn't read very fast, uh, you know, that wasn't into books and what just happened. So that made me recognize that the, it wasn't necessarily a true story. It was just the topics that I was choosing to read were forced. They were not aligned with myself. So I invite you this week to look at what have you believed about yourself that maybe wasn't 100% true. And what new perspective can you bring into that story? So you can start with small little things. Uh, it may be, you know, I'm not good at cooking, but you do know how to make pasta, right? It's like, it's all these little <laughs> things that you may be telling yourself that may not be 100% true. So just pay attention to that and try, try it at home. <laughs> okay <clears throat> I think that's a great spot to end I don't think we need to do any of our normal um, no because we, we have the outro so uh -huh. I'm gonna okay end. I'll end recording <laughs>